right. Uh, it is uh, wonderful uh, to have our next guest. First time uh, on our program, uh, Dr. Sherry Kelly, uh, superintendent of schools for the Baldwin Union Free School District, one of the uh, 12 leaders to learn from. That's right. Uh, pretty good accolades from Education Week and the recognition. The only uh, superintendent, by the way, from New York State to be selected uh, for 2020. And just one of two Long Island school district leaders to be chosen in the history of the uh, designation. That is uh, quite a feat. And uh, we welcome the good doctor to our program. Dr. Cammy. great to have you here on LA News Radio. Thanks, Pat. Happy to be here. <laughs> doctor, did I get the uh, last name uh, pronunciated right? Is it Cammy? Yes, it is. Perfect. Good. Very you good. You want a few. <laughs> There you go. So, uh, you know, sometimes uh, you go in the dark on this stuff, and you hopefully you get it right, and we did. So that's a good thing. Great to have you here. Just had the county executive of uh, Suffolk County on with us, uh, Steve Ballone. We had Laura Curran on with us yesterday. And, you know, both gave me some signs regarding the uh, upcoming school season, or so, some positive. You know, listen. If it, it depends on the numbers, and they change. But, uh, you know, I kind of I got the notion that they're, they're pretty good as far as what could happen here with the schools. What do you get uh, as far as, uh, you know, overall the system itself? Uh, you know, listen, we know what we have uh, been assigned to over the last couple of months, but are you feeling uh, positive about going forward into the fall season here? So we are, every single school system is doing their best to make sure that we're open in September. Um, the only thing that will prevent us from being open is if the governor uh, says that we're closed. Um, the question really is, to what capacity are we opened? Um, I can tell you that we're considering elementary, middle school, and high schools differently um, for lots of different reasons. So. Um, we're in the process right now and have been for about the last two and a half months of uh, really coming up with a plan of how we are going to bring our students back. And that is the key, and you're right. Uh, government will have the final, governor will have the final say on that uh, without question. And uh, listen, you know that uh, he's, he's going on with the science and the data and everything else, so let's see what happens there. Uh, let's get into this task force, superintendent task force. I like it. A lot of the school districts involved as far as Nassau County is concerned. Can you tell the audience a little bit about it? How many sure. superintendents are actually participating in all this? So there are 56 school districts in Nassau County. Um, we thought our, um, our group thought it was a good idea to make sure that um, we approach this to the extent possible as a region. Uh, I'm sure that, that all of your listeners recognize that we've got um, teachers who work in one school district and live in another. Um, we've got folks that, you know, live in Suffolk County and work in Nassau County and, and teachers who teach in Nassau County but live in Suffolk County. And so to the extent possible, we're trying to make sure that um, we make most of our decisions as a region. So um, we put together a task force. Um, it was myself and uh, the superintendent of Oyster Bay, Laura Seinfeld, who were co-chairing it. But we had 26 superintendents from Nassau County that participated. Um, we divided into different groups, health and safety, facilities, instruction, um, to really look at what the implications are, what the issues that we'll have to tackle are, 
Uh, we did some research around what other states have been proposing um, and came back as a group and presented to the entire county um, the, 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 our findings and, um, in general, what our recommendations uh, are. And um, and now we're, we're we're all individually working in our school systems with that. Um, yesterday, the American Academy of Pediatrics came out with a whole report, which is actually quite useful, um, and that's been shared with um, all of the superintendents in the county. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's meant to be a collective effort. Um, not all school systems will do the same um, because there's different capacity and there's different resources, but um, we're doing our best to make sure that um, we're pretty close uh, to doing similar um, opening strategies. Interesting. Uh, how, do, how do you go about, because, you know, again, we're in this unknown here, uh, and who knows, with the cuts and everything else uh, coming through, we know about shortfalls regarding the state, and education is always, Dr. Cammy, you know, one of those uh, topics, one of those categories that gets hit hard here. What do you, what do you foresee as far as the cuts? How do you... How do you kind of plan ahead and budget and everything else not knowing exact numbers yet? How do you go about your business in that regard? Right. So superintendents have amazing crystal balls, <laughs> and we're, we are maximizing the use of that at this point. Um, the truth is we're dealing with a lot of unknowns, probably more than ever before. Um, we don't know it, what's going to happen this summer with day camps open and, um, you know, people kind of out and about doing their best to go on vacations. We know that there's some interstate travel going on, and, um, you know, we've sort of got on our eye on that. Um, we're just, as the governor is doing, looking at um, any change in rate of spread, um, and that, that will ultimately uh, affect the decision probably more than anything. Um, if you remember back in the mid-90s, we experienced mid-year cuts, um, state education department, um, because the st uh, as a result of the state having a shortfall. Um, this, is, this is second to that. Um, we, are, we are planning our, our, the majority of our budgets have passed, and so um, that is our spending plan, and we're moving forward um, with that, um, knowing full well that we could experience cuts, and so I'm sure that every district has a plan in place in the event that um, there are cuts. What we don't know is the severity of those cuts. We, we've heard anywhere between 10 and 50 percent of state aid. That's a huge number. You know, even at the 10 percent, it's, it's, it's an unbelievably large number. Um, but if it, goes, if it goes closer to the high end, I mean, to be honest, that's probably unrecoverable. So, you know, we are planning as though the state has our back. Um, and the federal government has our back and that they will come in and take care of us the same that, uh, as, the, you know, they've taken care of business um, because we recognize and we hope they recognize that, you know, our kids are the future. They are the, the current and the future economy. So if there's an investment you want to make, it's, it's in our students. Um, so right now we're planning as though um, our budgets, uh, are what they are um, with a with a sort of a plan B in the background in the event um, that there is uh, some state aid cut. Um, but ultimately, our job is to educate kids. That's what we are in the business of doing. And um, you may not feel the effects of um, the cuts immediately, but you certainly will feel them uh, in it, in the future. Uh, the combination of shutting down for three months and um, uh, you know, if there 
actually are state aid cuts next year. Uh, you know, there's, there's a point at which you can't recover from that. Uh, but we're remaining optimistic. We are all moving forward in the hope that we are fully opened um, and that we are back to business as usual in an unusual world. Yeah, it's what it is, and you, you said it right, unusual world. We're, we're, we're in it now. We'll be going, you know, the world changed after 9-11, certainly after the pandemic. Uh, whenever that will be, it's going to be a whole different way of doing things. Uh, speaking of that, what about online video learning? I mean, certainly uh, if the buildings are not open uh, come September, uh, that is going to be a primary aspect as far as the students are concerned. And I'm sure preparations uh, are in place uh, to have that uh, situation in place. Yeah, so we are we're planning for two possibilities. Um, we do believe that we'll be open in September, unless something dramatic happens this summer, um, which certainly is possible. We are planning for opening in September. Again, um, what that looks like at the elementary, middle school, and high school levels will probably be different, and they will not be exactly the same from district to district, but there'll be a large enough overlap. Um, but what we are also preparing for is a shutdown um, sometime, you know, in the in the early winter. You know, um, if you listen to the medical professionals, uh, what they seem to be most concerned about is the overlay of the reoccurrence of COVID nineteen and the and the flu season. So um, we are planning for uh, opening, but we're planning for closing at the same time. Um, you know, I, I, I think, and, and I think I speak for all educators, um, if, if people recognized what went into shutting schools down with a 48-hour notice, sending everyone home, and doing our best to do business as usual, you know, that's the equivalent of, of, of moving a mountain. Um, you know, we, we've been doing schools the same for 150 years, and in 48 hours we were told, okay, you're going to do them completely differently. And I have to say that some struggled more than others um, because of, of things that were outside of their control. But I have to say I'm exceptionally proud of the work that educators um, across New York State did. Um, we went, imagine shutting down a hospital and saying, okay, now you're all doing what you normally do, except you're doing it from home. You know, how is that even possible? When you think about the enormity of that, you know, how is that possible? There was no advance warning, zero. Um, we basically were told um, that as of March 18th, you are going remote, and and that's it, you know, final answer. Um, and I do believe that... Um, I do believe that our school systems did an amazing job. Um, again, not perfect, um, but but I do think they did an amazing job. I think that uh, one of the benefits, um, one of the things that we learned, you know, we've been talking about how to use technology in education for more than 20 years, and I do believe that this pandemic has um, really given people the opportunity to learn the best ways to use technology, you know, for kids to think and for kids to collaborate and um, to, to work together to solve problems. Um, technology is best used for creativity and collaboration um, and communication, not for kind of redundant work. And so I think that what 
we saw during this, I, I know that I saw educators step up to the plate and um, on top of watching their own kids and planning for an environment that um, nobody could have ever planned for and and being worried about, you know, the health and safety of not only them and their loved ones, but their, their kids and their families, um, they completely changed the way they did business. And so um, I think that we will improve upon that uh, if we're shut down again. But, um, you know, we're, we have multiple plans in place simultaneously because of the uncertainty of all of this. Yeah, there's a listen, unprecedented uh, times right now. So there's there's a lot on the table. You know, I was thinking about athletics, Doctor Cammy. How is that going to kind of play into the upcoming school year? You wonder if any anything will be coming back in the world of sports, and it's kind of a two parter for you. If if it doesn't return, I mean, what what happens to the kids who have you know sports scholarships and and a lot on the line as far as the next level in college and everything else is concerned. Uh, a tough one for, for kids yeah. who aspire in that type of uh, world. I mean, what happens now? Yeah, it's a great question. So, so some of the things that we have to do is watch what's happening outside the world of education, um, and and even you know watch what's happening, for example, in higher education. So, so what do we know? Um, we know a we're not going to be the ones to make that decision. Um, but we also have to consider a couple things, um, athletics and all of the extracurricular activities, drama, you know, choral, um, all of that is for many kids the reason they, they show up to school every day. Um, so the, the, the extracurricular and the athletics are really an integral part of, of schools across the country. Um, and, and losing that is a huge loss for our students. Um, so we, we, we are considering that. We worry about the mental health of, of, of everyone in our community. Um, and these are some of the things that make them happiest. When we look at athletics, if you look at professional athletics uh, or college-level athletics, it seems that there's still um, training going on, albeit individual training going on. Um, I believe that if we are able to do anything, it will be at least in the in the fall. Um, if we're able, uh, it'll be let's say football, but nobody in the stands, you know, streaming it live so people can watch the games. Um, but we also see in 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 professional athletics that there's a rise in cases. Uh, and remember that our high school kids are you know 16, 17, 18 years old. So um, we have to be more concerned. Um, with the health of kids because the, the occurrence of COVID-19 is, seems to be um, more prevalent the older that you get. So um, it's still uncertain. I think that we will do what we can do, um, but we're not going to do anything that's going to put anybody in harm's way. And I'm sure colleges also will have a little bit of flexibility as far as that's concerned, working with the high schools and and some of these kids who aspire to get to that next level. So I'm sure both ends of the spectrum, uh, you're going to hope to see people working together and putting into that equation of what's going on here. So that's uh, hopefully a good thing there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, you know, I, I, think, I think the other question is, you know, what, what are colleges, how are they going to adjust to the situation, you know, that, that we are dealing with? So I'll give you an example of that. 
um, SUNY, the State University of New York, just came out with an announcement yesterday um, temporarily suspending SAT and ACT testing for entrance into um, SUNY uh, bachelor degree programs. And so that's a pivot on their part, right? That, that is something that at least historically colleges use as an indicator of college entrance. Uh, and they have now abandoned that, along with many other colleges, I might add. But um, they've, they've abandoned it through the spring of 2022. Um, so I think the question is also, you know, for those colleges that offer scholarships to scholar-athletes um, and have big um, athletic programs, you know, we're, we're a family that um, sent their kids to Syracuse University and University of Michigan, so we know about college athletics. Um, I think the question is is also directed to them. You know, what are they going to do to attract the best athletes, knowing full well that their, you know, junior and senior year athletics have been, you know, cut short? Well, viable questions, without, uh, without a doubt, no doubt about that. Last one before we let you go. So, you know, this, I, I really love the idea of this task force with superintendents. Nassau County has mentioned in the beginning of the conversation. Do you see this expanding island-wide? I don't think Suffolk has one. Uh, has have, has it been approached as far as maybe, you know, putting it throughout? you got 124 districts in all. I think it would be, it would be a wonderful uh, situation to take charge of there. What about that aspect? So I don't know if they have a task force specifically dedicated to reentry, but I do know that uh, Suffolk County superintendents meet. I know Western Suffolk. There's two branches. There's Western Western Suffolk and Eastern Suffolk because of the um, the geographic area um, from one end of Suffolk County to the next. Um, I'm a hundred percent sure that they are having conversations about this across the county. Whether they have a task force specifically dedicated to that, um, I don't know. Um, I'm sure that they're using their BOCES to to help in this regard, but. Um, our our educators and our administrators are really smart people, and they are so dedicated to their staff and to their kids. Um, so I am sure that they are um, having the conversation. I am sure that they are meeting virtually, of course, um, to make sure that there is a regional approach to opening in September. Excellent. Uh, Dr. Cammy. hope to have you again. Great information this morning. Uh, Sherry Cammy, uh superintendent of schools with the Baldwin Union Free School uh, district. Uh, congratulations on all the accolades and everything else, and hopefully we will keep fingers crossed uh, as we get through summer and into fall, and hopefully uh, those doors will be opened up at uh, all the educational institutions. Thank you so much for Couldn't a couple agree of minutes. More. Happy Fourth of July to everybody.